Hello everyone, it's Ryan up front here. Just to let you know, in this episode, we do talk about Matt Reeves' The Batman film in a little bit of a semi-spoiler kind of fashion. If you haven't seen the film and you don't want any of it ruined, that section starts at 23 minutes in, runs for about 40 minutes to the one hour seven mark. So you can skip all of that if you don't want any spoilers. There is a sting either side of it, so you sort of know where it top and tails it. But I hope you stick around for the beginning where we talk about Batman and then the cool thing we've got going on at the end. Now, further ado, Batman special, take one. Hello and welcome to Slash Dupe, the movie pitching podcast with a twist. Today's twist, there's no Dan and we'll be talking about Batman. So, yes. uh, hello Ryan, how you doing? Good, Sean, how are you? The dynamic duo uh, <laughs> yeah. back. Dynamic duo of brothers. I saw the poster before. Special. We don't normally do it this way, but you showed me the poster before we started recording, and it's excellent. So I'm, I, thank you. I'm very proud of that. Thank you for making yourself Robin. It's not an easy task to not make yourself uh, Batman. Well, I, you know, believe me, I did put myself as Batman first, <laughs> and then I thought, you know what, younger brothers everywhere have been subject to being Robin their entire lives so and you know what if they make another one of these films and you know they could do robin right as we'll chat about later the comics do robin right they do all of the bat family justice eventually um and there's lots of different incarnations so just to give everyone a little bit of background for today uh the general sort of rundown is we're gonna chat about batman in general a bit about the comics a bit about what got us into it we have some interesting stories about that hopefully uh, then we'll uh, have a sort of mild spoiler cast of The Batman, uh, the Matt Reeves film with uh, Robert Pattinson uh, starring as The Batman, which uh, has come out as, as time of recording came out a couple of weeks ago. We both saw it about, you know, about a week ago. Um, and then we'll do our sort of general slash dupe uh, sort of rundown that we normally do where we uh we'll have 10 of the lesser known or more interesting titled batman graphic novels and we'll be hitting on each of those our own sort of slash dupe pitch for a film as if the comics had never been made and we were making our own film based particularly on that title um we're going to avoid things like long halloween because that's a perfect title for a perfect book and i couldn't possibly detach it from it's very difficult to detach that from the comic itself um i just finished reading the omni of that and it's it's incredible still um and there's there's a variety of the famous graphic novels and comics that you might have heard of that we might touch on but we're going to leave out for the for the slash tube section and then finally we have a surprise for you guys um ryan uh, reminded me of there's a batman comic called batman rogues gallery of course and batman's rogues gallery is a very sort of is something that they want to bring into this series of movies that, that the director matt reeves has said so ryan has reminded me i wrote a treatment for a film when i was young uh called rogues gallery <laughs> and it's a comic book sort of inspired film uh predating kick-ass and other things like that um and ryan's going to tell me as much as he can remember about it and then i've got some notes here that i found on my computer in an archive file um that i haven't opened yet and i'm going to open it live and we're going to read through it and sort of see see <laughs> see uh, I, I just see what comes out of that whether you know there's the, it always something fun about delving into the shit you created when you didn't know any any better um so so yeah that'll be exciting but yeah so ryan kick us off let us know Tell us a little bit about sort of how you came into the world of DC, the world of comics, the world of Batman. Um, I, what were your sort of early Because it's funny, because I think if Dan was here, Dan would talk about how, how, how much he loves the Adam West Batman. And I don't know if he's just doing that to troll or if he 
Nah, he's is an old man. Kind of he that was his favorite. He's an old man. So it it is. So he obviously has that influence. But for me, I think I always kind of knew. You know, I knew of comics and I knew of DC. Um, obviously, I think learning about Superman first because we had things like the TV series we used to watch. Um, yeah, with, yeah, the Lois and Clark show. Lois yeah, and yeah. Clark show, yeah. I think it's called Lois and Clark, isn't it? It's the one with um, I, Dean, Dean Kane and, and Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, got introduced to DC that way and, you know, very much knew, like, Batman was a dark comic. Mm. And um, I think, actually, when it would have been, I want to say 2008, when we went to Barbados. Right. It was the first time I bought a graphic novel, um, and it was the long Halloween. Actually, it was oh, the first right. time wow. I've read. Yeah, yeah. Which um, you still have somewhere in a box because you've got the long Halloween. Yeah, I know it's you've in got the it attic. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah, it's in the attic. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, you know, it was really interesting. And I, I then knew at that point I started to get into podcasts and I started to listen to Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who did early huge did, Batman? Fan. I think he did Green Arrow, but he also I, I know for a fact he did a um, a Daredevil run, which was why he was in the film Daredevil. Yeah, the the two thousand. But he did so he so yeah so Kevin Smith he wrote the Widening Gaia, yeah, um which is the and which is you know his his Batman graphic novel and I remember getting that and then started to look into some of the newer newer ones I think actually then I think you bought Year One yeah um yeah which which is actually sort of less about Batman and more about Gordon yeah um yeah. when he's sort of starting out and I remember there's like with there's some amazing moments in that where he like, uh, you know, like the good good cop, like he's seeing all the corruption, and I think he, I can't remember what's the name of his partner. I think um, it's, I think it's Flask, because I think it's the name of the same guy they yeah. used in um, Batman Begins. I think it's that dude. But, it, but yeah. there's another guy that's like a thug, that's like a, a cut, a cut. Bullock. I think his name's Bullock. Like there's a thug yeah. cop. Yeah, there's Bullock, isn't? It? And he was like, there's like a line where it's like Bullock is an ex Green Beret, and then Commissioner Gordon's line is like. It's been a while since I fought one of them, and yeah. it's just like he's you know, they made that's like, Frank Miller's really, like early yeah. Frank Miller's sort of like real hardcore, hard boiled sort of yeah, noir that was his thing, which, yeah. we, which we will touch upon when we talk about the Batman, a very different kind of film noir, the bat with the with the Batman, but uh, and, yeah, film and, noir nonetheless. And then I, I started then reading, getting into the new 52, and they started to do it. Uh, I think it's yeah, I always get it's like Scott. Um, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo really kicked off yes. the Batman run of Court of the Owls, for example. This is yeah. following Flashpoint when they sort of, for anyone at home, they basically had like a run of DC all the way up till whenever it was, the sort of 2000s somewhere. Mm. Um, and then they decided, because their movies were coming out, the Batman movies by Nolan, all this stuff was getting quite popular, that they'd sort of make the move to reset their entire universe. So they had yeah. Flashpoint... Um, I don't know if Infinite Crisis was Infinite Crisis around the same sort of time. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not a hundred percent. But essentially, they reset their timeline so that they could take their characters, uh, the fifty-two of them, um, yeah. which is a bit of a Heinz Beans varieties thing. I'm sure they have more or less than fifty-two. Oh, I thought it was you know because of the amount of weeks in a year. Oh, okay, yeah, interesting. Or it might have been because of like how many universes there were. I have no idea. I uh, yeah, you might be right. Um, but yeah, they basically reset their timeline. So following yep. that, with with um, if you ever hear New Fifty Two in the comics, that's their sort of reset Batman. And then that was yeah, you're right. That was Scott but Snyder was, that took over that initially. Uh, and it was really good because I it well, first of all when that was being described, it was like someone I heard it said quickly, and so 
I when I was Googling, I was Googling for quarter vowels, like V-A-L-S. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Right? Because yeah. people saying like, hey, it's the quarter vowels. And I was like, <laughs> right. I, I was like, quarter. I was like, Batman quarter. And I couldn't figure out what it was yeah, yeah. until I found out it was the court of owls. Yeah. But because it said yeah. really quickly, I was like, couldn't realize what it was. Um, and that sort of spurred me on to like a run of, there's the Batman v Superman graphic novel runs, which are really good. Yeah. Um, and I... Uh, yeah, and so I, I read all of those and I thought those were really good and then um, started to sort of look into it. And I, if I'm being totally honest, like I then, my Batman graphic novel run dropped off um, yeah. sort of more recently and then with the films and it's, but it's potentially reinvigorated me to sort of maybe go back and look um, at where I, I finished. I think I finished in like year, zero year and then year one in, in the New 52. Right. And then well, that's forwards. that's what these movies are for, I think. So, so obviously they make money on their own, and they're great pieces of art on their own, and entertainment on their own. But part of why they do it is because of the cross media sort of thing gets it gets newer generations into the comics, it gets them into understanding what is an omnibus, what is a graphic novel, what is a trade paperback, what's a you know what what hardbacks. There are unwrapped editions which have no color. You know, there are pencil artist editions which is just the pencils yeah. and noir editions and all this sort of stuff. And it gets them into this whole ecosystem. So, of course, the comic publishers want to make money. But at the same time, there's so much of this world that the films can only touch upon that you can you can delve into your favorite writers, your favorite artists. You can see the combinations of of what they put together. And so I think it's, it's, it's a really wonderful world that I, and I completely agree with you. I've been looking back into a back catalogue and I'll explain in a moment a back catalogue mm. of... Um, a bat catalog. A bat catalog. Yeah, <laughs> very good. Um, yeah. So, so, but 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 Batman's one of my favourites, and he works in comics really well for a variety of reasons. I'm not even sure if if we can add anything to that conversation. But but yeah, out of all the DC characters, I do think he's my favourite. But then that might have a thing to do with the films being very good, I think, as well. And sort of mm. then you step back into the comics. So yeah. So for me, um, I didn't come in at Batman '89. I was too young. Uh, the Tim Burton series, and I didn't when I watched them here and there on TV or on DVD. I wasn't a massive fan of them. There was something about them that didn't. Even at that time, growing up, I don't think the world wanted something sort of that was sort of faux gothic. It was sort of like pop gothic, and I mean, great for the time. But I think at the time I was growing up, I didn't want that. I wanted so you know, The Matrix had just come out, you know, stuff like that. You wanted something that was uh, sort of. I <laughs> I was about to use the word gritty, which is like at the the bane of everyone's life um but yes oh. but the, the yeah i know bane we'll talk about oh listen we may even touch on anyway yes we will we'll get to the spoiler part later but i'm gonna make a note to, to mention this um but yeah so i think for me it really genuinely came in at the dark night so so around the time that um batman begins came out i i th- was into Christopher Nolan, the director. So I was into his films. I, I absolutely love Memento. As a film school student, everybody watches that. You talk about it. You try and mimic it, and it's not. It's not possible. And it's just you know. So Christopher Nolan, as a big up and coming British director, um, was sort of in vogue. So when he was tapped for Batman Begins, that's what got me into the series. Um, and it was around that sort of time I got into Superman Returns because again I wasn't into the, mm-hmm. the the prior Superman series because it was quite a long gap between Batman's and Superman's in that time. So we had a friend that we lived with called DK. We have a friend called DK, um, Danny. He um, he actually got to work on the set in Pinewood. So a friend of his just um, 
uh, couldn't make his job, which was to essentially flick a fan on and off. And, you know, he's like a grip or some kind of thing. So he would flick a a big fan on in between takes to to cool um, Batman off because he was wearing the suit, the full suit. So Christian Bale is Batman. He would call him off in between takes. And he went to Pinewood and they were shooting over those few days. They shot the hospital scenes. So they shot the explosion in the corridor, which was on a set inside, obviously. Um, They shot the Joker going to Harvey Dent. And there's some stuff in the script, actually, where it's like omitted, where it's like um, Batman talks to Dent. There's like a whole dialogue scenes where he talks to Dent. Whereas in the film, they cut that to him going to Dent's bedside, if I remember correctly, and finding his uh, or replacing his coin. So that was a whole dialogue scene that they cut in the end and made it cut it down to just that that small section. But he was it's there. Gordon, isn't that. it? Gordon speaks to him in his bedside, I think. I think he does. But there is a bit where Batman goes to his bedside and there's there's a bit that but there's a whole exchange which they cut out in the end. And that was okay. the bit that he was he was on when he was um, cooling the actors. Uh, he said Heath Ledger was there, and um, he 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 took a piss next to Heath Ledger, you know, you know, at the at the stalls, um, and like he was very proud of that. And that that really sort of this is the funny thing about what movies can do is it it just completely got him into Batman, the whole world of Batman. It just got mm. him into it, and I'm sure he liked comics beforehand, like I did, and I'm sure he liked DC and Batman beforehand, like I did. But it didn't get him into the world. So I lived with this guy, and he just devoured batman and he got nightfall for example before dark knight rises came out um the series where bane breaks batman's back he got he got into he got the batman v superman run that you were talking about prior to so there was like a whole sort of run of hardbacks that he got killing joke as well the killing joke so he just got into a whole load of comics that's and he sort of filled in all the gaps so i got year one you got long halloween and he filled in the gaps um and i was really happy to share those stories with someone that's the beautiful thing about a comic is it's a very unique private experience and then you share it with someone the book and the experience and you sort of go oh, what did you think and you know uh, you chat about it so that was my sort of entry into it and then when the dark knight came out um you know i was so hyped for that movie um and it was shot on imax and you saw the previews and i, I believe i went i think it was one of the first ones i think i saw it well, it depends, actually. This might timestamp it. No, Avatar was the first I saw at the IMAX, which means that we, we I saw Rises in the bought, IMAX. We bought a special edition of Batman Begins, which had the opening heist scene yeah. from The Dark Knight you're in right. it. You're right, they re-released and we watched print that of it. over yeah. and over and over and over. Just yeah, that right. opening sort of with William Fitchner. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and your friends are dead! <laughs> yeah, it's like and wise like, guy, bank manager. Oh, that was such an amazing that was such an amazing thing, that opening sequence. And and this is why I'm glad cinema is having with Dune and the Batman, they're having this kind of resurgence up post-COVID that it's having at the moment. Because I miss yeah. those sort of experiences. Um and those previews and like, yeah, you're right, you're right. It had it on that and it was the box set of Batman. I had the DVD of Batman begins with the comic and then and then the cowl version of it. And one of them, you know, had a new print which which yeah had um mm had had that in it so so my so just briefly my batman this is what i just wanted to touch on this quickly um batman is a little like bond so you come in at like so this is what so they reboot it every rich rich and white yeah yeah yeah, basically yeah (laughs) and a lunatic (laughs) and a sociopath um with damaged and a damaged orphan but in many ways he is which is why um 
I was listening to an Alan Moore podcast the other day and it, or, or interview and he was talking about how like IDW or someone had the rights to Bond for like 30 years for comics and didn't realise. So they could have been making these, ba- these Bond comics that would have been incredible, a little bit like they're doing with with Batman. But mm. ostensibly, like you come in and you go, that's my Batman. So for me, Batman was Christian Bale. That was my Batman. I'm sure, you know, for Dan, it was Adam West. For other people, it will be uh, Michael Keaton's Batman, who's potentially reprising his role in a sort of Flashpoint film that they're making at the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so a little bit like like Bond, I feel like Robert Pattinson, because also very clever casting, we'll talk about him later, but because of his role in Twilight, he's in vogue with, with, with the Ute, who aren't the Ute anymore, but he's in, he's in vogue with the youngsters. So he will be a new generation of Batman for people that couldn't care less about people like Christian Bale, who barely know who he is, you know, haven't watched, yeah. watched him in The Machinist, didn't know American Psycho, you know, so he will be, Robert Pattinson will be, will be a, a sort of new generation similar to Daniel Craig for Bond. Just before we, we go on to that, I want to also mention uh, that in other media, uh, the Batman Arkham video games yeah. were fucking yeah. fantastic. Great. Like, Paul Dini they... wrote them. That's why. Paul Dini wrote yeah. the animated series, right? Batman the animated series that had Kevin Conroy as the voice. And, and um, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill as oh the Joker. Oh my God, yeah. Fantastic. Is, is like, you know, everyone talks about... Um, uh, sort of Heath Ledger's Joker or even Jack Nicholson's Joker. Um oh I can't I can't remember the guy who played it in the in the series. Um in Which the series? Batman series. In Gotham. The, no, the um he's in the Batman sixty six one. Oh I can't remember. Um, but he was fat you know, everyone talks about him. But the fact that, you know, you I was listening to this the other day in, in another podcast where they're talking about the actors breaking out of particular roles. And, mm. and um, for Mark Hamill, that role for him was the Joker. It was like, because everyone saw him as this sort of like foppish hero yeah. from Star Wars. And then yeah. he plays, you know, one of the worst crazy villains with this a sort of, proper to show his range. And everyone was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. you know, he, he can do, he can, and he sort of did it just to try and break his image. Yeah. Um, but people loved him for it. And everyone's now praising... Um, Leonardo DiCaprio for doing that kind of thing in in our sort of generation, but mm. it was it was it was done before. Um, but yeah, those games were written by Paul Dini, but they were just so fantastic because they they were British so... companies as well. By the way, yeah, um, Rocksteady or or yeah. Guildford, Surrey, London, London no, based. They're before, they're London based they're, no, before that they were in Kentish Town. I, right. I was when I did when I did my um, internship, marketing internship after finishing uni, I worked in the same block of buildings as them. Yeah. Um, yeah and it was yeah. like this tiny estate just off of just off of the back of So they shoot the films um, in Britain, they have the British um you know, mm. they use the architecture of Britain and they have the a British team doing the video games, which which yeah. were excellent games. Absolutely. And fantastic. they were and they were good because they you know they were true to the comics, but they were also sort of get put their own spin. It was interesting to see Arkham um you know and then as you as you went it was it went one step further you got introduced to more sort of well arkham uh, city was a bit like no man's land so they had different yeah. zones for different you know villains and the and they, they got the chance to introduce things like man bat and stuff yeah. like that like as <laughs> yeah. you know was, but they're quite cool and they were spooky and um they sort, sort of dealt with that idea of, of Azrael. Like, yeah yeah absolutely and arguably probably my second favorite boss battle in any in any video games was the fight with um mr with mr freeze yeah that was how a great he sort one. of the stealth how fight he would in, you basically yeah how, but he would intelligently block the things that you were doing like learn from you so yeah. if you kept trying to do the same trick over and over again you couldn't do it 
and they they were brilliant so you know i hope yeah, for, the for new batman's rogues gallery out. you're right man like that really that really sort of you're right got me into the the wider universe you're absolutely right and then you sort of go oh i want to find out more about killer croc or i want to find out more about this character or that character yeah the games were really instrumental in that i think you're right and like all of the sequences with scarecrow were done like so well yeah um and then when yeah, you go back right. and play them over you can like actually before you enter the room you can see the gas like in the yeah, yeah. air around you and it was like it was very well done so yeah that, i think right. that is another right. piece of dc um and arguably i would say comic book based video games as well that is that's a gold standard like i i can't think yeah, of any other absolutely. i know people talk about you know teenage mutant ninja turtles and whatever rubbish superman game there yeah, was the wolverine and... origins game is pretty good but but nowhere near nowhere near the standard of of this adaptation yeah this was and a whole different the class. closest thing we'll, we'll probably get you know from, from when it was the spider-man games are doing absolutely fantastically under insomniac now mm-hmm. um they you know uh, both both spider-man and then mars morales as well and now the next one they got coming out and now they're making a wolverine game in that yeah. sort of similar vein yeah. so you know i think that that but this was ages ago like i can't think of a, a, a fantastic comic book video game yeah. that has done yeah. as well um not not only done as well to like true to its art form but also uh, true to its origins were from batman as a um as a sort of piece of media but yeah. also as a fantastic video game as well it introduced the free flow combat fighting yeah, yeah um instant counters those kind of things all his that gadgets. have been adopted yeah all of his gadgets that's well, so been adopted that now into Conroy, more video games. you're right you're right it was quite instrumental it sort of it moved video games forward actually really like from yeah. sort of you know where it was to to where it is um the the shadow of mordor games leached from those games a lot you know the, the, the lord of the rings games um and i just wanted to say just finally like i think that so for me when I read the graphic novels, the Batman graphic novels, um, I read it in Kevin Conroy's voice. That's Bruce yeah. Wayne and Batman for me because I enjoy the cinematic renditions of these characters. But Kevin Conroy, maybe he is my Batman now thinking about it. More than Christian <laughs> Bell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, those films are amazing and he's great. But he's very much playing a character. Whereas Kevin Conroy, like, he is Bruce Wayne and he is Batman to me. You know, it's that resonance, isn't it? It's the resonance in his voice. That's it's like a like... powerful disregard. He's like a sort of, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's like a, he's like a somebody else's dad, and you've done something wrong. You've broken a vase at their house or something. That's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's like, and he's like their their dad is coming to. He's not, you know, he's that angry at you. He's just disappointed. Just disappointed. So, so that's, I I implore anyone. I mean, he was he was Kevin Conroy was Batman in the animated series, but yeah, definitely if you're yeah. a fan of Batman, check out the Arkham games because yeah, they they're really special. So uh, the Batman. So so just in case uh, anybody doesn't know, we're go- we're gonna uh, do some spoil. We're gonna have a spoiler cast. We're gonna chat about some things. I don't think there'll be heavy spoilers, but definitely watch the movie if you haven't before you before you listen to this, um, or be prepared to have a few sort of elements of the movie spoiled for you. Uh, what was your experience with the Batman? When did, where did you go and see it? What was what was your because because our friend because Taj friend of the podcast uh our, our dear friend he sent us a photograph and there was a somebody dressed like 
the Riddler and somebody dressed like the Batman that went and watched it together and he took a quick snap of them before the film started. And I was yeah. like, that was, you know, proper cosplayers going and seeing the film in, you know, in their outfits, which was cool. So I, my experience was that I, I was very hungover from a, from uh-huh. a, from a big night out before. It's not a great movie um, to watch hungover though, is it? Cause it's quite well, sort of dark. The thing is, I think I'd, I'd gotten up just early enough so that I could coffee in, coffee and, mm-hmm. and cocodamol in so that I can like yeah. get my Function. head straight. Yeah. And then I basically got there. I just got a, like a nice fizzy drink, big bottle of popcorn. And I was like, right, I'm just going to munch. Because I, um, I knew I was settling in for a, th- for a close to three yeah. hour film. right? Yeah. So I, like, I went to an earlier screening because I was like, uh, you know, I don't want to be knackered like a, by the end of it. I don't yeah, want to yeah, be knackered yeah. by the end of it. And it also means like I can grab a bit of lunch and then, you know, and then watch it. So like I'm not going to have a rumbly tummy or anything that through it. But my, I was quite lucky. My cinema wasn't too busy. So I didn't feel like I was packed in. Mm. Um, and I did see like an, an IMAX 2D screening of it, um, up in Nottingham, but I, my sort of experience was, yeah, it was interesting. There was like groups of, um, like couple of groups of like young nerds. There was quite a few like, um, older fathers and sons, mm, um, so oh, not sort of cool. young kids being yeah. taken to it, but like, uh, like a lot of people going, um yeah or you know or there could be uncles and or, or however it is but you know that kind of you know it really felt like it there was a, a bunch of people were going for an experience yeah to watch batman as long as they didn't pass through like a dark alley on their way out where with their pearls mother with mother's yeah. pearls on um yeah i i watched it um at the imax watched it with my fiance at the imax uh in london the bfi and uh we book a day because because we like it to have atmosphere to be a bit busy but we don't want it to be heaving and again like you said we don't want it to be nine o'clock at night and by the end of it i'm half asleep i've I've had that experience before and it's just miserable you know you're just trying to stay awake rather than trying to enjoy the movie yeah um so yeah we watched it sort of around just after midday uh at the imax and i'm grateful to have seen it at the imax because it's quite a dark movie so it was nice to get as much fidelity as possible yeah the darkness of the movies definitely um you you can tell i mean matt reeves as a director um directed the second and third uh, planet of the apes reboots and he directed cloverfield but he's really got i mean when you watch the second planet of the apes cannot remember what it's called not war for the planet of the apes the other one rise of the planet of the apes you go you just go this guy he knows he knows blockbuster filmmaking he's got it you know like he's got an, it, it, war for the planet of the apes is a really underrated so you, blockbuster you've said that You've said that about Denis Villeneuve as well. Yeah, yeah. so, so I, I don't think he quite he's quite evidenced like the levels of Denis Villeneuve yet to me. Okay, because he's only done Cloverfield, then Two Planet of the Apes, then Batman. So I haven't seen his variety. Denis Villeneuve's done he didn't he's done um, you know sort of uh, war movies. He's done thrillers. He's done uh, okay, weird movies enough. like Enemy by Gyllenhaal. Right, so he's uh, he's done a whole range. He's shown me his range, but he's like an indie filmmaker who gets blockbusters. I don't know about matt reeves yet but he does get blockbusters i know that for sure so when you see wolf of the Pla- uh, wolf of plenty apes is a great example of taking i love it when filmmakers do this you take an old sort of genre or you take an old style and you just revamp it so i think that so he took uh apocalypse now and said well what if we do that plus uh, a western plus a clint eastwood western but with apes and that's it and then you make a whole movie about that and it's a really real high quality um 
so I, I knew it would be good with Matt Reeves at the helm. I just knew it would be good. But but knowing what it was about, I, I had no idea. So definitely the influences that he took uh, was he went... He's mentioned that he wanted it to be like Clute, which is one of my favourite movies. Um, that was uh, the cinematographer for that, which is why I'm coming back around to the darkness of it, um, was the same cinematographer that did The Godfather. So it was, it was pre-Godfather. So it was... He was experimenting with backlighting and and sort of really the, the sort of neo-noir wave of like real utter sort of darkness and shadow instead of putting everything on screen and, and lighting it sort of so so that's a great influence clue going into it and you get yeah. the Catwoman. um i can't remember the, the person who's opposite donald sutherland i can't remember her name but you you get that same dynamic with the two of in them. in clute in clute yeah a Jane, F- is it, it's not Jane Fonda, is it? It's Jane Fonda, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you get that same dynamic between Jane Fonda and Donald Sutherland's characters as you do between Batman and uh, Catwoman, and you can see that. That's a cool dynamic to have, um, and the vibe and the look is very sort of seventies neo noir. This sort of really dark, not f- literally and sort of metaphorically, but that everything is sort of down and out. Everything is run down. Um, and you can see that. So that was that was one of the major influences. Um, and I think that that sort of leeches into the design, right? I know that you were saying to me, because I didn't recognize this, but you said that you recognize Printworks. Yeah, as... so I, I think we mentioned earlier about Batman sort of being um, taking influences from England, filmed in England, those kind of things. Um, but I, I noticed quite early on as soon as he walked into uh, the iceberg lounge yeah uh, when he's looking for the penguin um, classic penguin horn like that's from the yeah. comics right that's the penguin's base um and then i thought it was i as soon as he walked in i was like oh, i know those because i've actually performed at the printworks as well right. so my, my first choir show was at a printwork so i sort of know it but also um it's used quite a lot in films actually another Andy Serkis uh, film. It's right. used in um, it's it's claws um, vibranium base oh, right, in okay. in uh, when Age they go to like Age when of Ultron or the... in Age of Ultron right, when Ultron right, steals right. all of it because that in that sort of glass bubble that sort of looks like a, a cab that yeah. turned out to be oh, his I office. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's wicked. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So and it's used quite a lot in in film. But my friend sent me a message like, oh my god, like because he's like a big raver. So he was like, oh my God, they were in print works. It was amazing. Like I've, I've been there and it was, it was quite, quite nice to sort of, and it's a very iconic venue yeah. uh, in, in, in London. Um, and so, yeah, I found that really interesting. Talking about the cinematography, one of the things that I really loved about this film was its use of darkness and fear. Mm. Like in that, in that opening, in his opening monologue, um, where you sort of look into the darkness and it's sort of it, you have this real that it's completely wicked. black yeah. and you, you have this feeling of like dread uh, like with the slow pans and sort that of like and the music yeah. behind it it was brilliant um and then also it's it's use of you know it's a shame dan's not here but it's a shame um it's use of music and sound was fantastic the fact that you heard his boots just like yeah like, well, that, that like, element like of fear a toll. Is, is different. Yeah, exactly. Like a t- yeah, the toll of a bell. He's, he's coming. He's coming. And that's yeah. his entourage, his, his suit, basically. Yeah. Um, can I just say, this is a different thing entirely, but Robert Pattinson... No, no, I'll chat about it when I chat about Robert Pattinson. Robert Battenbat. <laughs> Robert Battenbat, as, as told by yeah. Mr. Sunday Movies. Um, 
Yes, uh, I'm going to make some notes because that was I love this thing cool. that he said. But we'll chat about that. So, but so yes, so using the darkness and the fear, and yeah, it was just and incredible. then it's using its darkness and its fear. Its use of like every punch wasn't like a whoosh, it wasn't like a <laughs> sort of like a pow. It wasn't a pow or like a or <laughs> anything like that. That it was, was from thunk. the '66. It was a devastating thug. Yeah, like, like devastating thud, isn't it? Just like yeah. Thud, thud on a thug, um, <laughs> yeah. like just I, I it is is it in Watchmen where they sort of describe it like wet meat, like punching wet meat. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Uh, oh no, it's um, it's Sin City pounding wet chunks into the floor. Yes, but like that's yeah. which um, is another Frank Miller. So you can see how some of the influence is like of the hard boiled sort of thing leaks into things like the voiceover. Yeah. Right, which I really loved. I heard a few criticisms about it recently, like in other critics, but it's like, no, that there's a constant monologue in the Batman comics. Yeah. So to have a constant monologue in it is quite fresh. We haven't had that in a Batman film yet. And then you were and saying he was writing, it's sort of the explanation for the monologue was he was writing it in his he's journal. journal. He journals. Yeah. He journals. You know, he's got, a, he practices good. The thing good is, mindfulness. Like, if you re- get it out yeah, of his head. You- He's reading, he's looking at it back, right? Like mindfulness yeah. and it through his little eye. And it thing. is that, like, if you read the Batman, like, the New 52 run especially, at the end of every one, they've got, like, a little sliver of how he became Batman. So he, mm. like, um, he fights for, like, 28 hours straight in, like, this, um, like, place in, in, the, in, the, in, like, this Viking place. And basically, like, like doesn't kill anyone. They, like, they're like, you have to kill. And he, like, knocks everyone out mm. and then just collapses. He learns how to drive by like um, racing carjackers in Rio, um, yeah, right, and then okay. he like and then he like goes to like practice like chakras and mindfulness and all that sort of stuff like on top of mountains and things like that. So it's interesting that like it sort of it is uh, Batman is described as um, peak physical fitness, yeah, the peak like human physical fitness. Um, a lot of people who do CrossFit like to describe batman is like the ultimate crossfit right like you know he's he's good at everything um but part of that being like peak physical health is mental health and yeah. you know so the fact that he journals and also it's quite cheeky that when he closed the journal it said year two on it yeah which was, which was maybe like a little in joke to well they, the they comic did, book itself yeah kind and, of but they wanted to say like he's in his you know second year year two is a batman yeah. comic year I think one year, year zero two, in the new 52, I think year two has the Riddler in it. I think right. that, that's right. And I think so maybe that's so, why they chose it. Yeah, it's interesting because although he's on kind of year zero, you can this is the interesting thing about thing about this reboot is he hasn't. I don't think looking at him, if he's been doing it for two years and he's as broken as Bruce Wayne as he still is, he hasn't met the masters. He hasn't gone to fight on the top of a mountain. He hasn't met, you know, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. He hasn't met. He hasn't met the people that will shape him into this sort of mystical creature that that is a bit more yeah, sort because... of studied in, in the ways of fighting and mental sort of gymnastics so at the moment alfred said to him didn't he, he said i can teach you i taught you out of fight yeah yeah he said, I, he said something along those lines didn't he well so alfred was... like in the comics it, like i'm glad we've got this version of him and 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 it must be said that we didn't see enough of him definitely, yeah, um, definitely. but i like this version of him because alfred in the comics is and and this was evidenced He's in Michael Caine's ex- one, right? Because he was like yeah. tracking down gem thieves I'll, in Burma or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sew you up. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah exactly whatever. but yeah but he, he was like, he, he was like uh, he's like british special forces isn't he and he was like yeah but he's sort of specifically medic, medical like, yeah 
so you've got this vibe of like a man who can fight but also can heal and it's like that is something i want to see in the next one in fact i really like the prominence of alfred's um role in this one even though it wasn't there for a lot of time he was like your father gave me this your you know i am a wayne in a, in a sense and you know i have yeah. taught you how to fight you know i'm not just your butler sort of thing you know i have taught you how to fight i can figure out these things for you you know and and how he it was his responsibility well, did the ciphers for him didn't he yeah like... and how he sort of said it's my it was my responsibility to keep your parents safe not yours so he he, yeah. he showed a little bit of how much of the pain and guilt he carries which i don't think we've ever seen in that way in the films before um so that was really powerful because we couldn't see it through the still brooding bruce but we might later on so yeah, yeah. like you said he's talking so how in, to fight in, like i quite it. like the i quite like the some of like i think i like all i haven't watched the pennyworth tv series yet but i quite like some of the renditions that we that we have seen of alfred like mm. i love the i loved um in nolan and and you had michael Caine as sort of the the old guard um, yeah very yeah. you know english butler wonderful like but then yeah, i, but like I a really like gold, you know yeah but then i really like sean pertwee's version of like this like east ender sort of like oh it's joker but it doesn't take any shit no in um in gotham the tv series ah he plays okay. like yeah, he, he plays this he plays like fresh you know fresh from the sas yeah you know, like this is his, his first thing in and he plays this like Alfred that doesn't take any shit, can shoot a gun, can like, you know, won't back down, but also is very good at everything, is very like neat, proper and British. And I think yeah. that came across really nicely as well um, with um, uh, I can't Circus. Andy Circus, yeah, Andy yeah, Circus's yeah. one, because, you know, he, you know, oh, you can't can't go out there without any cufflinks. And he's willing to take his own cufflinks off to give them to. He's not like, let me go and get you a pair. You know, here's the that, here's that was a great the shirt. Scene. I really, back, I really you know? like that. That that feels like yeah, exactly. That feels like a graphic novel panel. That's the sort of thing you get. Yeah, you know, like that image of like him taking off the cufflinks and saying, "Your father gave them to me." When he was when Wayne was being a bit cheeky to him, you know, yeah. like you're just a butler. Why? What are you doing with these things? Yeah, you're you not know? Wayne. Actually, and he's like, your father, your father gave, gave them to, to me. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really powerful, and I think that um, a lot of that also has to do with. So just linking it with some of the visuals like uh, and shooting at print works and stuff, I love that. Mm. So I love that the movies, I think this, I, so I think this goes back to Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. So we talked about okay. this before, right? So Ridley Scott's Blade Runner came out. Everyone said, why is it raining? Why are there towers of smoke everywhere, plumes of smoke and everything? And his brother, Tony Scott, because people didn't understand it. Science fiction was like Logan's Run and shit like that. Mm. Like they hadn't seen anything like this before. Um and Tony Scott said, well, that's just where we grew up. That's the north of England. That's, that's Britain, industrial <laughs> England, right? Yeah. So to the Americans, especially in like LA and stuff like that, they hadn't seen this sort of shit in Hollywood. Um, but, but, yeah, because it's bright and sunny and it's, you yeah. know, it's palm trees everywhere and everything like that. But, but it's different. You know, it was, it was different in England. Um, and I think that, so when Nolan made Batman Begins, he very much m modelled the, the, the Narrows, I believe it's called, um, mm. and he and you can see some of the city looks like a sort of gothic he looks like the east end of london some of it you know yeah um and i really feel like and it looks like sort of docks and industrial britain yeah because there is there is the seawall and everything like that like that gets yeah. destroyed and that's how he floods the city and so it's um and that i think that does actually happen in that run the year the year two run yeah um yes the riddler the actually blows, blows up riddler, the, yeah. yeah so that is actually a storyline that happens in the comics 
um, which is probably why it felt a little left field in the movie. But like for people who know the source material, they go, oh, well, that, mm. that's his that's his plan. So, yeah, so they have this sort of gothic. So definitely um, the second film, The Dark Knight, the second Nolan film was Chicago. And it was like a, a U.S. piece of crime fiction. It was Michael Mann's Batman, you know, very, yeah. very intentionally. Um but it's nice to see them sort of go back to a British Gothic feel. So like with with the Batman that they shot in Liverpool, they shot in in Glasgow. So they had Glasgow double for a lot of Gotham, which I think is fantastic. So they have the yeah. real genuine Gothic architecture. Um, it really feels like the comics rendition of Gotham, which didn't really feel like an American city. Metropolis is an American city. Gotham is more like Prague or, you know, or, or you know, sort of industrial London. Um, yeah. or the manchester or something right yeah it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like um you know not not, not to sh- not to shit on other cities in 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 the uk but if you go to london it's all skyscrapers yeah not skyscrapers but it's like big tall buildings like you know you can well, i love seeing london from the air when i'm flying back in because you know exactly where you are based on all the buildings um and you know you go to places like liverpool which, which actually have a wrist a rich history in their um blue collar workers and like you know the sort yeah, of the, the mining industry there absolutely in, industry absolutely. that the docks cre- and everything that, that yeah. created those areas and then uh population grew around that yeah and art grew around that yeah yeah and so they yeah. had you know big structures because they needed to store stuff you know um it's it's sort of the other way around for london where you know you could get your way through the through the Thames, yeah. and that was your way in so um yeah so gotham I, really felt like that didn't it? It really felt like yeah. it grew up. It grew around these sections of of industry. I think it's it's interesting because I was watching the um, the the chase sequence right in the cinema, the, the, which is excellent with the with the Batmobile. When he when he revs the Batmobile, I what I liked about it was that when you first see it, it's like it's covered in black smoke, right? Yeah. which is quite cool. But also the sound it makes is not like it's this. It is a, a fear sounding car. Yeah. Like it's not a rev of an engine and it's not the whine of a jet. It was like this growl mixed between them, which was really, it was almost like nails on a chalkboard, like that kind of noise. And I found that like, you know, it's that, that's the moment where like the lads are like, whoa, look at that fucking Batmobile. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that, but I can see why people, but it was done so well. And, you know, the Batmobile it was this, it wasn't this like high tech fancy thing. It was this cobbled together yeah. like machine. Like even you can see as soon as he turns it on, like the engine superheats and it glows yeah, red yeah. Through, the, through the intake. And like, that's why he needs it to have basically nothing on it. So it would, otherwise it would superheat. Um, it's a great yeah. incarnation because you really the Batmobile is you know it's 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 another gadget in it's the iconic. arsenal. Yeah, it's another bit like James Bond. You got to like if you're going to reboot it, you got to have these things in there. You got to have the martini and you the have tumbler. The, the tumbler from the Nolan films was great because it it was this really interesting sort of. Well, it, like, it was appropriate big... for those films. It was like yeah. get me a tank. You know, like it makes yeah. sense to have a sort of, you know, a, a military vehicle because that's what Wayne Enterprises were developing, military yeah. sort of equipment and vehicles. Um, and on the, I love it in a movie when you see like all the bits of a car being made and you're like, oh, shit, this car's going to come out later on. I'm going to see this. <laughs> it's like the Chekhov's, Chekhov's car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, when, when he, when he um, yeah, so when he had that action sequence, 
I just felt, I just get this feeling sometimes, I'm like, that's Britain. Like, there's something about the lighting, there's something about the way, it feels like the M25, that sort of really acid yellow colour is like every motorway you've ever driven on at night. Mm. And I was getting those vibes, and actually they were going to shoot it in Liverpool, funnily enough, and then they shot it at a, uh, a, a nearby um, airfield to get that sort yeah. of feeling. But you can tell that it has a British feel. I can't even... It's something about the light and something... But, but I really love that. It felt like an action sequence on the N25. They... they So... Uh, and that... One of those amazing chase sequences was like... Was the fact that he was chasing the penguin. Like, now, we've got to give props to Colin Farrell. Oh, like, my God. I mean... As, as the penguin. Like, under those prosthetics, you can still tell it's him. But just like, you know, when he turns up and just like, hey, take it easy, sweetheart. And he's just like... He's like a proper Batman goon. Like, he's a proper villain, isn't he? He's a proper Batman-like villain in the making. It's what you want. Yeah. You want one of those broad characters. But it it was nice that, like, they didn't... Like, he wasn't like, oh, my God, it's the bat. (laughs) They... They spoke face to face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and but every he didn't time you went back to that club as either, well, which yeah. I kind of liked. You know, I was reading Long Halloween recently, and he does, he does, he pins him up against the wall, doesn't he? No, but, but I mean, you know, not it's... the other way around. Like the penguin isn't like, I'm gonna get your family and all this sort of stuff. He was, he's just a businessman, and he's, you know, it sort of made him an interesting character rather than a cliche. Weirdly, even though he sort of is a bit of a cliche. I was reading Long yeah. Halloween, and the penguin in it, he's a bit of a buffoon, and he's he he does answer Batman's questions, and he doesn't try and intimidate him. He's more of like a uh, sort of he's 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 not a crime boss. He's more of a kind of businessman weirdly the penguin so that's that's kind of interesting to see him as a kind of upper you know upwardly mobile businessman in the criminal world rather than the falcone type thug yeah who are like the big bosses yeah you know he's he's like middle management yeah he is yeah (laughs) and he's treated as such which is why it's nice at the end when he sort of get you know grows a pair sort of thing if you like and you know you see him sort of take over the iceberg and uh and Oh uh, yeah, and he's just re and every time as well. The other thing that I like, which again made it feel very much like a comic book, like when he goes to the door and there's the twins on the door, and like the first time he's like, "Do you know who I am?" Like that was great, which is brilliant. Yeah, and then and then they, there's that like one comic book joke which I genuinely laughed out loud where he's like, "You want to get blood all over that suit?" And he's like, "Yours or mine?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like that was brilliant. a proper comic like, book moment, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and then when he goes back again as Bruce Wayne, and he says the same thing, doesn't he? It's Do you just, know who it's I am. It's brilliant. Yeah, that sort of repetition. That repetition's fantastic, and I and I found that um, that repetition is really important in the whole movie. So there are like sequences like that all over the place that sort of mirror. Yeah, it. and coming back to the music as well. So every time, uh, and you know, we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll get now onto Paul Dano and his incredible version of of the of the riddler yeah but every time you heard the riddler and saw of him it played ave maria um and ave maria is a funeral dirge Mm. so it's like it goes back to um to the fact that batman's parents uh, bruce wayne's parents had died you hear it when the, the commissioner's funeral being played um in full but then every time you heard it and saw him there was it was played on the piano like really softly mm. like just the melody of um of Ave, Ave Maria or you heard you know even Paul Dano sings it when he's in Arkham yeah the fact that it's um, a funeral dirge is great and I, and I love yeah so that that sort of the repetition of Ave Maria the repetition of like the Bruce versus Batman because he still doesn't really know 
Uh, Pattinson was saying he just doesn't doesn't know where one ends and one begins. Basically, in this movie, he doesn't know yet. He hasn't yeah. divided that. Like, his grief is sort of exploding out as Bruce and Batman, which you can see. Um, I really thought it was powerful, and we'll get into this. We will get into this, but I thought the use of the word vengeance was really powerful. So when you yeah. first see Batman say "I'm vengeance," you're like, "Yeah, you're pumping your fist." You're like, "Edge Lord, yeah, what an epic! Like, beat those guys up." And then when it's parroted back to him at the end, that guy is vengeance. You sort of see that in the, the in the power of in the hands of the wrong people, the power of vengeance is dangerous, and yeah. and it ruins it ruins that moment from earlier on in a great storyline way where you go Batman cannot be vengeance because he is no better than this person holding a gun trying to shoot an innocent yeah. person. So vengeance is not what we want anymore. We don't want vengeance because people and you know you can you know some uni student is going to write a thesis on this aren't they but you can say like are are the criminals that batman fights any different from the criminals in suits that the gunmen are trying to shoot <laughs> because equally they're both breaking laws you know in some some personal write ten thousand word thesis i'm sure on some that. comments uh, some uh, sorry some comics have touched upon that yeah definitely I'm of sure course and you know we all we look at it in our day-to-day -day lives and we're, we're, you know, especially because politics are so uh, you know up very high in 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 uh our day-to-day -day conversations mm. um but yeah I, I i so paul dano's version of the riddler yeah was fantastic like this, this is what I, of... I i liked him less i liked him more when he wasn't yelling and screaming and doing the old villain thing which i which i get they he has to do yeah. that but i liked him as a person who thought he was doing good so what i found fantastic about his his sort of characterization was that when the radical right all the radical left to be fair but when any radical force uh take sort of tries to take arms or or fight something they always think they're doing the right thing they always think they're yeah. on the side of good so he really truly believed that the, he was doing the good people that the people that like raided the house of congress you know? well i would be very surprised if the third act that felt a little bit like it was sort of studio imposed which is fine and i accept that because it is a batman movie it did feel like it might have come at the you know as a product of the capital riots absolutely yeah and and this sort of idea of radicalization um across social media and the idea of vengeance and the idea of taking something you take something of the left and you twist it and it becomes a tool of the yeah, right because people you know? want you know like people want to take um like bad politicians and and corrupt officials and horrible business people and they literally want to hang them think about in even in video games everyone fucking hates bobby kotick from um from activision mm. literally like people would love genuinely love to see him get publicly fired and humiliated and that kind of thing because of how much of an asshole he is yeah uh, and so that, but that's his kind of ethos and, isn't it but justice and vengeance are two different things absolutely and, if, and that's yeah and if gordon is justice batman can't be vengeance he has to be something else he has to be hope which is what he produces at the end you know he, yeah. he is a symbol of hope and that's really interesting to me because they haven't really put that forward in the other films, I don't think, in the same way or in a way that feels powerful to me. Is he's always a symbol of vengeance, but in this one, he's now going forward going to be a symbol of hope. He is going to be the yeah. thing in the darkness that doesn't frighten bad guys, but makes good guys feel safe. That's, that's yeah. how I feel that this is different. Which is, which is like ironic because I, don't, I should feel in real life, I should feel that way about police officers and 
Yeah. I always, yeah. Every time I see a police officer, I think, oh, what have I done wrong? Not there's a a beacon of our society that uh, the, a bastion of our society that that should help and protect me and mm. you know maybe that's my own hang-up but like that's that kind of thing with, and I, I really i didn't see it in that perspective i didn't see that he became a sort of symbol of hope um yeah well for me that was that was what they were trying to do at the end you know he 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 the kid trusted him the kids always saw him as for who he was like the orphan you know, the kids yeah. saw him for who he was when everybody else sees him as a symbol of vengeance. The kids saw him as a symbol of hope um, and and was the first one to approach him. And then he lights the literally lights the beacon and guides the people out. And then he saves <laughs> yeah. loads of people at the end. He's just going there and getting in there and saving people. And, and he's like, like covered in mud, isn't he? Covered, covered in, in fucking like mud, mud and filth. And, and, mud, you go, yeah. and I sort of thought, that's the Batman I want to see, man. I don't want to see a bat. Genuinely, I love Batman as a character. He's very nuanced. But what you see a lot is him beating people up and being a thug. And that's actually not what I want to see. And in the comics, he's rarely like that. He's very nuanced and he's very passionate, Bruce Wayne, and he's very human. And, you know, but in the movies, mm. they sort of, they don't touch on that the right ways. But this one really like, felt like, yeah, going forward, it would be different. I like the, um, you know, so what was interesting about Nolan's Batman was that he played, he was the billionaire playboy. Yeah. Um, and on the opposite side of this, Rob Bat and Bat is like the billionaire recluse. Um, yes yeah absolutely and and he, when you know when he speaks to the um to the mayor the mayoral candidate and she says like you sh- could be doing a lot more to save this city like you know which is true yeah um, as bruce wayne you know, he could be doing more he's squandering yeah. his fortune he doesn't care about the investors he's not using it he's trying to waste his money because he doesn't feel like he earned it rather than use utilize it for good yeah mm. Like the and other, that, like Bruce Wayne. That like scene, Christian the scene in did. Arkham where he's like Bruce Wayne, and you're like, oh fuck, and yeah, he's set, like great. it goes on for ages, doesn't it? And then he's like Bruce Wayne, the only one I couldn't I get. I know that and was then so you tense. saw him, uh, but it was interesting because Batman he doesn't move or doesn't say anything until that comes out. Yeah, uh, and then, that's then he when flips. he starts speaking. Then he starts being then he violent. That in in the that you see in the trailer, which is like the Christian Bale Batman to the to a T. But you didn't see that till he was pushed. You're right. Um, and so mm. the, so the Riddler definitely not when he was pushed. When he found out he was safe. When he found out that he could act like Batman and not Bruce Wayne. Oh, that's really because... interesting. I didn't see it like that. But I'm gonna uh, now in retrospect, I'm gonna sort of see that in in a new light. Because if yeah. he reacted to to being called Bruce Wayne. He would have like given it away to the Riddler. Yeah, you're right. And the Riddler is one of the people who actually he hasn't figured out. I mean, the whole thing about Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's run at the end in Catwoman when in Rome, which is a great run. I just finished mm. reading it. Is is that like the Riddler is playing with Selina because he wants to know the identity of Batman. But in the comics, often yeah. he is one of the people who figures out the riddle because he's well. He's he, in and in the new in the new fifty two, it's the one thing like Riddler takes over and then he uh, asks sort of like a question master kind of thing right like he asks people to solve a riddle uh, and then ask ah, him okay. one okay interesting um, and it, and if and he was like if i can answer your riddle if if i can't answer your riddle i'll give you back your city yeah um and then the 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 yeah you're right that's year that, two right or something like that yeah, that's what, yeah and yeah. then he steps up and then he's like who's the batman and he's like he can't figure it out and then that's and then you know that's and he leaves the downfall. city yeah that's great so yeah, I just just briefly before we move on, I uh, I wanted to say that that this feels a lot like so. What if the Dark Knight was Michael Mann's um, Batman, 
uh this is batman by way of david fincher definitely you know it has the echoes of zodiac it has the echoes of seven definitely um and i like that i like that you can make a film like this it's a it, it, it the same way that the dark knight did it it's a it's a film a drama and a thriller and a horror in many ways because you know sort of superhero films are very much horrors and like this Mm. because they're all people dressed up in costumes you know and and the dark seedy underbelly um and noir obviously but yeah you have that sort of um you have the sort of aspect of but there's a batman in it you know there's a riddler in it it's 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 a normal sort of story there's a potentially a joker in it yeah but but then you throw them and i think that's when batman works best and i think some of the better comics have shown that you can do like long halloween is like a sort of serial killer and a gangster film with batman and his rogues gallery in it and i think that's what they did best with this is they sort of took there's some elements of saw as well i suppose but which you know but not sort of leaning too heavily on that um or arguably maybe Saw took inspiration from things like the Riddler and, and from yeah. the comic books. And, the, and there is, and you know, the fact that he is quite dark and he's quite creepy and he's, you know, um, someone who the system failed, you know, yeah. is the kind of idea. Uh, I, I actually recently found out about the Nottingham Joker, who is this guy, again, same thing, fell by the system, but used to dress up like the Joker and harass people. Right. And uh, he... He's in jail because he dropped a bowling ball on someone's head. So, um, <laughs> at, at, le- at least his methods were true to character. But <laughs> see, this is the, why but, I like this Batman this, rather and, than Joker, right? Because Joker by Todd Phillips is like fuck the world, destroy things, blah blah blah. It's really nasty. It's a nasty film, and, and like Taxi Driver. That's why. That's why it's good. If it's a good film because it's you know, it's sort of nasty. Of the time, yeah, yeah. But, and of the time, it's like it's it's rallying rallying the underbelly. But it's rallying um, them in the way that is the way of vengeance. Negative. Yes. yes. This is yeah. what I find a really because... interesting counterpoint to, to Matt Reeves, the Batman, is that, that at the end, Batman goes, no, I'm actually, if you're on my side, you're the side of hope, not vengeance. And I, I thought that was really powerful because people, the edgelords that sort of, and weebs and all sorts of people that loved the Joker in, in the wrong way. You know, when someone comes along and they start talking stuff and then the right take it and they go, the radical right, and they go, this is, this is, this is our saviour now. Anarchy is what we need. Yeah. And just, because both the radical left and the radical right want anarchy. Yeah. They both want that. Um, and so, so yeah, so I, was, I, I just really loved that the Batman sort of, yeah, w- was almost like the response to the film Joker, the DC film Joker by Todd mm. Phillips. I, I thought that was really, really fascinating. And also, I, I, before I go into um, this brilliant quote about how Robert Pattinson uh, sort of took inspiration for his version of the Batman, which I find brilliant he's a brilliant actor and, and his choices are really fantastic and you should go out and find this interview where he talks about it um i just wanted to ask you the question because we haven't talked about this yet what do you what do you think he used right at the end to beat up that guy there was like a bit where he was shotgun it's blasted adre- it's adrenaline it's like pure because you can get like an adrenal shot to the heart can't you so that so think... that makes sense makes sense why was it luminous green that looks like venom oh you me. think it's bane you yeah think i think it's, bane, it's bane juice a lot of people online are like is that there is a there's a comic called batman venom where he uses um he's sort of addicted to a sort of joker and bane cocktail mm. so i mean i'm not sure i don't think they'll go down that route for this character but but it certainly looked a bit like bane venom it looked like that something makes sense else. and that's why he went fucking yeah mental didn't he yeah but like the thing is because because in my head i was actually because th- he he gets knocked down a whole bunch of times in this which i quite like yeah like oh fuck i also love that his 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 bat suit isn't like 
a bat. It's just a wingsuit wing that suit. zips up. Yeah, and it's really, really that, difficult that was, that to fly really in a wingsuit. Cool. It's really dangerous and, and really difficult. Yeah, and his um, and you think about like all the the wind traps that buildings create as well. It'd oh be yeah, fucking for near sure. impossible. Which is why I like. And also, I like of, that yeah. he kept his batarangs on his bat logo. Yeah, that was, cool. was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sort of and he, but I think I've always I thought like I'm like man, if he's getting fucked up so much, he should definitely just like bang some adrenaline and keep going. And he does that. Yeah, and so. But like, um, is that an appropriate thing for him to be doing? So that's really interesting, you know. Is it is it maybe something that he learns like Bale's um, Batman? Like he learned to sort of channel his inner sort of strength like a monk, without having to resort to something like this. You know, is this something mm. that he can sort of you know, um, sort of learn to do without or something? Do you know what I mean? Like channel it in a different way. So I don't know if you, are there any other points you want to make on the movie before I just sort of. Uh, end on this um, little Robert Pattinson well, bit. Well, Cat, um, she was um, Zoe Kravitz was fantastic. Yeah, as she really, really was. Like, really good. Yeah, uh, you know, I liked dynamite. all the things like where the, you know, the other thing as well as this felt like a film noir, felt like a detective thing with the yeah. sort of with the eye, you know, with the the um, the eye, the contact eye lens oh, computer, yeah, yeah. and yeah. like the fact that he he was in her ear and talking. Well, that's to her like the clue thing. Like that. That's like when you send someone back in, you send like the you know the damsel back in to sort of get the crime boss, and like it's, there's that tension. Yeah. Um, and they sort of didn't shy away from like, you know, when you listen to the voicemail of her like housemate getting choked, and it was just like it's really like it. The piercing scream was on purpose. Um, so that when they play it back again, you can hear it. Mm. And they also match the music to it as well. When she's getting choked, it's the same note. Oh, I really? Think. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. Um, I also like that she's a bit rubbish, like in terms of like can't shoot a gun, and you know she's a good fighter, but she's not like perfect, which I quite liked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a you know definitely like fantastic casting. I remember you saying a while ago, speaking to Sam. I think it was that Sam that said Zoe Kravitz should be Catwoman. This was ages ago, and he was absolutely right. And Zoe Kravitz is because Catwoman is you know she's a strong independent female character, blah blah blah. But but you know but she's defined defined as the wrong way. But she loves she's lonely and she loves Bruce Wayne and she loves Batman. Right, that's the thing. It's okay for a woman to love a man. You know, She's like fail the Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay for her to do that. It's okay for her to be defined also by her sexiness. She's a sexy character. It's okay yeah. for this to happen. And at the same time, she had obviously has her independence, and she has uh, her life without Batman and Bruce Wayne and all this sort of stuff. Do you know what I liked? I liked that she didn't use her like she didn't use her sexy to. Um like get something she didn't like kiss batman and then steal his watch or whatever yeah, yeah. do you know what i mean You're like right. uh right. and even like when when she wasn't when a caricature like, of a sexy person Does and even when he's like he's like oh can you can you go back and i need to so know who that is she's like oh he's fucking looking at me again like no i don't want to go back over there because he's a creep like yeah yeah what do they call them droppers didn't they which i thought was quite a cool like where they drop the drugs in their eyes and it was like quite a cool I like, term yeah. for like i liked that all that stuff and i liked drug. her sort of the, the male gaze and it, literally the male gaze and you sort of like him seeing what it's like to be a woman through her eyes briefly mm. you know that's not what the movie's about it's a batman movie it's not a catwoman movie but, yeah. but i like that it felt and, you know balanced and the, the fact that he did actually he had to do some detecting and he had to figure out all the stuff and like the, you know the world's great and like, bring him yeah. into the light and but he was also a little bit shit at it. Yeah. Like, he's not that good at <laughs> yeah, it he was. Like, you know, he had to have 
uh, Alfred's help with the cipher. Well, listen, um, that works in that works in really long that Halloween. Was... That's what he's like. So yeah. he doesn't want any help from Alfred, and he gets it wrong, and it's like someone else has to come in and get it right for him because it's instead of none of you are safe. It's none and even of you are safe. even like Colin Farrell is like fucking buddy you know what'd you do not take first grade spanish (laughs) and he he fucks that up completely fucks up that whole thing about like uh the the flying rat yeah yeah like it's brilliant you know so so i hope they make more i mean it made a lot of money and it would be foolish for these guys not to try and make another one and i like you know i'd have you know sequels are going to be made this is a fact of life we have to get used to them so if the good people want to remain and make them well under under sort of the same uh sort of amount of supervision or lack of supervision or or you know whatever i think they should be allowed to and that's so if they're going to make it that's great um what they're going to touch on i don't know we can speculate but there's lots of other people on youtube that are speculating and that's fine what go and watch them they'll chat about what might be next um but i'm really grateful it's this team if it still is um because robert pattinson he was so you'll find this interview somewhere robert pattinson inspiration for batman for the bat whatever um he said i'm going to truncate it very but essentially he said well who would who would have this swagger in front of all these policemen he's got to be he interacts with them a lot you know who would have this sort of um this this he doesn't know where this you know himself and the suit begins and ends he said who would Hmm. who would do this and he said well i can only really think of batman as being a witch doctor he's like he you know he comes in and he sort of knows stuff they don't. And he's almost supernatural in a way, but he isn't because a witch doctor isn't actually supernatural. He sort of fakes yeah. it. So he's almost like this sort of, he said he's like a cleric. And I was like, you fucking legend. Like you've nailed it. Like seeing that's so different to all the other Batman that that vibe is in the, in the Batman. It's different yeah, to Christian Bale's like, one, who was like a military, oh, can, he's like a soldier in a yeah. suit, you know? Oh, our, um, you know, it's our conventional medical methods aren't working. Let's yeah, bring, in bring the, the witch, witch doctor. doctor. Yeah, and, and then, everyone's in awe of him, but also thinks he's a charlatan, right? A bit like a witch yeah. doctor. Oh, that that scene where like it, where the, the guy tries to take off his mask and he just fucking goes at him and yeah. he tries it again. He just fucking goes at it again. He like, doesn't give a shit. That he's that he's another cop, does he? Yeah. Now I've got you on assaulting a police officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'll ass- was it like oh, he's assaulting something two like, or something? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like assaulting two because it's it's fucking brilliant. Like that's not. Um, that's exactly what Batman would say. Yeah. Because like, it's smart. And then that whole scene where he's like, um, with it, Gordon's like having a go, the classic like having a go at him, but he's actually giving him information. Yeah. Like acting. That's a and then he hits him scene. and he's like, oh, you could have pulled that punch. And he's like, I did. That's a proper comic book <laughs> line, isn't it? I love it. But it is. So, it is. And that's why I love it. Because yeah. it, like, and I, I laughed wholeheartedly at those moments because they are, because if you've read comics, you know that they're snappy. Um, you know that they have one-liners um, and it it has to be, and that's the kind of thing like, you know, Batman is the smartest guy in the room, right? So, yes, yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. Okay, so we, I'm going to give us, let's go quickly through these 10 uh, quick fire pitches for movies inspired by the graphic novels of uh, the Batman uh, series, okay. the lesser known ones. I may briefly touch on, may briefly touch on what they're actually about um, or how they're spelt or something, but let's, let's do them as quick fire as we can. 
Okay. Uh, we're going to start with The Man Who Laughs. What's that about? Mm. I'm going to give you the challenge of kicking these ones off. The Man Who Laughs, it is... It's a film about the first... After silent film, it's the first comedy made with audio. First film comedy made with audio. So, like, in in Hugo, is it they do a lot of, like, the sort of... I can't remember the name of the director, who was a real George director. George Millier, yeah. Yeah. So they talk about a lot of the silent films that he made and things like that. So after those films, it's, like, the first film where yeah. they have audio in it or the so first to... popular actor in talkies which is what they're called or the first or an actor that successfully the... like charlie chaplin's first film with audio with sort of his voice in it or something like that Do you know what I mean? yeah. someone that's gone in an interesting transition from because the artist was really about a guy that couldn't transition from from sort yeah. of silent to, to talkies yeah okay that's good um we're gonna go dark victory which is the sort of conclusion and and uh it's the conclusion of long halloween so, Dark Victory. Ooh. Uh, it is, it's like a political thriller where, where like the, it's about someone who collects dirt for, to, for, to be used for political gain. I like that. Or like. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I would say, so let, let's make like... it both political and a war film, because dark, op dark victories, it sounds like an operation that they would use. Like the, the American military would have oh, dark, yeah. operation, operation Dark, dark victory. victory, and it would so. And so that's like, and it, it turns out. It, you know? Well, it could, Operation Dark Victory could be like, um, oh, turns out like we weren't ever coming home. And then it's like that kind of. Yeah, sort it's a of suicide like a mission rogue, or whatever. A suicide mission, yeah. yeah. Um, sort of like a, the way that. Is it Rogue One that they actually all fucking die at the end? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. It's like this was a suicide mission. First one of those. Everybody, yeah. everybody in the sort of team dies. Yeah, which you sort of rarely see in military sort of thrillers. Um, mm. Right, Fortunate Son. Now bear in mind that it's spelled obviously S O N because it's to do with one of I assume one of Batman's sons. I haven't read Fortunate Son. Fortunate Son. Uh, it is. Uh, oh no! Of course it is. It's a fucking Vietnam War film. And it's like, uh, I know fortunate son, no, bow, bow, you know, it's like a Vietnam War film. <laughs> okay. And it's like, and it's called Fortunate Son, because that song is always used, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. In, in like Call of Duty. Yeah, but it's from battle. the side of the Vietnamese, in... right? That's it. And that's the song they keep hearing as the helicopters go overhead. I'd love nice. to see a Vietnamese, yeah. I'm sure there is one, but I just, but I'd love to see a Vietnamese war film from the side of the Viet, Viet Cong, yeah. just out of interest. And it'd be cool, because it's like, they want to fight. They want to fight with gas. Let's fight with traps. And it's about them like making all of like the it's, horrible. It's, it's sort of yeah because it wasn't that the sort like of that. first. It's televised sort of example of guerrilla warfare and like they, they were completely yeah. out outmatched, which we've seen from that side. We've seen platoon etc. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. Like real guerrilla warfare. Um, right. Let's go into Nightfall. I think Nightfall needs to be a nasty, cheap. You know, one of those sort of like B movie like sort of um epic medieval films you know when they make them on a budget and they're rubbish you know and it's when got the sun, like when the sun fell down we learned to fight in the shade and it's like <laughs> that kind of thing oh no do you know what it is it's a medieval film set during the 30 days of night of of like wherever it is that has no sunlight for 30 days where is it it's, it's like yeah but we already had that we literally have 30 days of night don't we? no it's no but that's yeah, the heart knit of course but that's and... like a um that's 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 I'm just saying because I don't know how many days they actually... Oh, but it's Nightfall, like, K-N-I-G-H-T. 
yeah it is in this so i'm just saying that it's kind of like um yeah it should be uh at that place where where is it where would that be it's not alaska what is it, it's, like, it's, is it alaska? it's anywhere that's in that circle yeah so, so you have happens a, you have like, like a medieval like sort of like two two armies are fighting in that place and they're fighting during that period of utter darkness and that's like that's what nightfall and is they're, and they're knights oh, yeah 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 of course yeah. yeah i mean it is spelt nightfall with a k because obviously it's to do with the dark night it's the dark night yeah, yeah. yeah um no man's land uh, a sequel to Stalker. Yeah. 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 You know I like Stalker. You know I like. Yeah, that. I know you like Stalker. That's why I said it. That's why I said it. But um. But with all women, and obviously the st- and all the men have died out. And Every man that walks yeah. into this zone, these zones, a bit like Annihilation or or Stalker. Any man that walks into this zone dies, but only so only women can go in there. So it's no a li- man's land. No man's land. I like it. It's a little bit of a both, isn't it? Uh, Court of Owls. I thought this one was going to come up. Talked about it earlier. Yeah. Court of Owls. But it can be vague uh, enough to be something else is what I was thinking as well. Is it uh, Zack Snyder's sequel to The Legends of Ghoul? The Legends of Ghoul. Zack Snyder's The Legends of Ghoul. Ghoul. Yeah, to the sequel to Legends of Ghoul. I'm sure it's got another title in there as well. It's called like the Owls like... of something, Legends of Ghoul or whatever. Um, uh, I'm going to Google it. Yeah, that's, that's good enough for me though. Um, it's called it's called it's called Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Ghoul. Yeah, I knew it was like a really long title. title. Alright. So this is Legends of was it Legends of the Guardian Court of Owls is what this one's called. Yeah, and it's a sequel. I yeah, I just like the 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 reason like the why it's called Court of Owls is really interesting as well, isn't it? Because like yeah. owls are like night stalking predators. Um So they say in the comics uh, that they're the natural predators of the bat basically don't yeah they? yeah so that's that's a pretty cool um that's that's and pretty cool it's like you know his i can't remember the uh, talon as it's called isn't it talon's like yeah. their version of batman that's fucking that beats him and then you t- it turns out that there's loads of them and he's just like fucked, they're all like basically. beneath gotham basically i have the yeah. noir version because i have hush unwrapped which is like the pencil but only version which is great because it's jim lee's art it's amazing but i'm looking forward to um getting my copy of uh court of owls noir through the post because i haven't got a noir dc comic yet uh like a sort of black and white version mm. okay uh i've got this one actually it's a little hardback it's like an else world it's called nine lives oh this is the uh it's like Catwoman a, one, isn't yeah it? it's, it's like a Catwoman proper little one. film noir like uh one shot but nine lives you can go anywhere with this it's quite broad isn't it yeah it is quite broad isn't it um quite like the idea of i want to maybe pitch something sci-fi-ish but i don't know how it like um like you get nine lives maybe, to to do something oh uh, do you know what it would be it would be like a one person sort of like film and it's nine it's like multiverse thingies so it's nine of the same person in like different oh that's interesting it's sort of trying to achieve the same goal or something yeah, and, they and then they, there's a way or... that like they find out that they can communicate with each other or leave okay. something for each other or maybe through mirrors. I think would be quite interesting. Yeah, or maybe um, like a Groundhog Day, but like you only have nine tries. Something where you only have nine tries and that's it. You have nine lives, and if you die or when you die, that's it. You've got nine of them. That's it. Be interesting to have a timeline, to have like a sort of stamp on yeah, how long I mean, you can do something. 
you know, like 2021 was all about time loops, wasn't it? Because everyone wanted to go back and (laughs) (laughs) not think about it. What if you only had nine tries? Yeah. Yeah. Um, The next one is The Widening Gaia, which you talked about earlier on. I believe it's a sequel. I can't actually remember the first one that that Kevin Smith wrote, but Widening Gaia is a sequel. Um, Uh, So I... It's interesting. So I'm listening to a... um, I am listening to a podcast, a um, a Starfinder podcast, and the guy who heads that up called it uh, a Jaya. Oh, it might be pronounced Jaya. Jaya. It might, yeah. I but mean, he, it might be. But that it might, might be, be the American pronunciation of it. But um, but yeah, and I didn't know what it was, and it's apparently like a like a world, like a spiral or a vortex. Right. So widening would be like a, a hurricane getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger would be like a widening Gaia. Um, so I think that that that's where I'm going to go with this. I'm going to say it's like oh, okay, a, yeah. it's like yeah. a disaster film. The, like there's like a a tornado. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? What? It's a tornado that's getting bigger and bigger and they don't know like how. Yeah, how they haven't really fused like, yeah. And like, then and then they have to yeah. they have to Felix Baumgartner space drop someone. In, into orbit directly and into the eye of it. And then they find there's something inside. It's a fucking alien. Yeah, it's like yeah, an yeah, alien yeah. on the inside of it. Yeah, that's something it's like be. that's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm on board. I can get on board with that. Um, we're two from the end. We're looking at Heart of Hush. Now, this is one of the sequels to Batman Hush. Paul Dini did the sequels to um, Hush, okay. interestingly enough. Um, Heart of Hush. Hmm... I feel like can hush stand for something? We do love an acronym. <laughs> you love no, an, acronym. an acronym. Yeah, yeah there's two no, Dan, kinds, Dan but... loves an acronym. Dan loves an acronym. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know what hush could stand for, but that might be something. And then it's like, uh, it's like a sort of Percy Jackson style, like teen adventure. Um, yeah. Okay. Heart of hush. And it's like, yeah, it's, it just sort of like retreads some kind of. Um... Do you know? Do you know what'd be nice? Actually, it would be nice to do it like uh, Egyptian mythology. It's all based in sort of. And then you can get like yeah, a whole. Yeah, that's heap fair. Of, they like, haven't Middle done Eastern, that. They Middle always... Eastern and African actors, and uh... yeah, and then you still have a white hero who's like a young boy, and everybody gets annoyed. You know, like yeah, it would be hush. Like hush would be. Uh, it would be like a like a particular mummy that had like powers and then because yeah. they bury they put their hearts in the jars and stuff like that yeah and he has and his mouth like wrapped up that's why he can't speak and then when they unwrap him he's like a horrific he's got a horrific sort of ear splitting voice or something like that you mm. know like he's got like a voice that can do nasty but that's the only thing things. that can actually break the the heart isn't it or something like that yeah something like that yeah yeah exactly um all right the final one is tales of the demon and that's a, I believe that's a Ra's al Ghul comic. But so uh, this one, what are we going to go with for Tales of the Demon? Mm, could we? It's got a Tales of the How Unexpected. We... It's got an anthology vibe to it, right? Yeah, Tales and of the obviously Demon. Tales of the Crypt. Yeah. So there's got Tales to be the like crypt, demons. The demon. But I wonder over... if we can, if we can use change the word tale as in T A L E to T A I L, like like a whipping tale. Okay. Uh, but I don't know oh, what that is. It's a Sonic. It's a Sonic Elseworld where Tails becomes evil. Tale, <laughs> tale of the Demon. Tales of the Demon. No, I, th- I, I don't know. I like it as Tails, like in the stories, but maybe it's um, different demons throughout different... It's just, 
a different demon from different mythology comes out and and like it's like another each one is like a group of oh maybe it's a little bit like do you remember that kevin smith did the pilot for this as well do you remember reaper reaper yeah um featuring all those knobs and like that i like reaper um yeah it was sort I, of like I liked shit it as a monster that, yeah yeah and concept was good is like he had to work off his like con- it was like like Cuphead oh the guy playing that, the devil it? was fucking incredible that that actor yeah. was so good that's that's a great movie because they sold his soul to the devil and his parents didn't they and he has to work the yeah. debt off that's mate that's that shows do a reboot that's fantastic yeah yeah it's a great concept and it became very monster of the week and then like so it's um, a bit like that except it's a different demon from different mythology and they have to go and like understand the mythology isn't itself. that basically supernatural that's basically what pro- they do it supernatural, is, probably probably but um, that runs oh, for like 20 seasons and they cancel it and then they'll get, do you know we'll what? get a new one out. tales of the demon is the title is just the title of of an actually good um constantine film yeah okay fair enough <laughs> do you know what i, I rewatched constantine recently and that whole scene with peter stormare as as the devil when he like takes um, the the rot out of his lungs and like yeah he, oh my god that's because a they great say, movie uh, bad they say adaptation like, but a great actually it's a good adaptation it's just not a good adaptation of the character of constantine it's a good adaptation yeah. of the sort of mythology and the darkness of constantine and he and it's like it is pretty good like yeah because they say, isn't it? It's like he's the only. You're the only soul that he'll come up to collect. Yeah. Like that's what they say about Constantine. Um, and then he like, yeah, cuts his wrist, doesn't he? And like, Man. kills himself. As an American version of it, it's a great American adaptation of Constantine. I've got to put it that way. Yeah, you know, a great American adaptation. Because I, I not hated it, but I hated on it because I was like, well, Constantine's supposed to be from Liverpool and. He's yeah. supposed to be like quite gruff and has the red tie and all that sort of stuff. And but even that, like him. the but character of Constantine, he's he's a little bit of a sort of joker and a trickster, and he uses his words to get himself out of trouble. So he was very opposite to the sort of hard boiled, sort of quiet, moody, yeah. brooding Keanu Reeves. Which, but but again, in an American remake, that makes sense. They've made him a hard boiled American sort of character rather than a hard boiled. British sort of jack and that fucking that scene where he like town. drowns Rachel Vice, isn't it? Where he's just holding her under the water, Man, and doesn't tell her about it. He's got some great scenes, and in she it, like looks movie. up. She like looks up at him like, "What are you doing? Fuck are you doing?" Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so it's, good. Yeah, it's a great movie, and it, and it has a because it's DC Vertigo. It does have that sort of vibe. It has a Batmanish sort of vibe. Yeah, let mm. Matt Reeves reboot uh, Constantine. Constantine. Do you as know well. what they might look, let if, him do it after if, this? Look, if JJ Abrahams can do both Star Wars and Star Trek, yeah, this guy can do Constantine. Matt Reeves, this guy or Hellblazer, as I'm sure all the comic fans are screaming yeah. at us. Um, yeah. Okay. Very good. Very good. Finally, what can you remember about the script I wrote? Let me see if there's a timestamp. I've shut the thing down, but I'm sure there'd be a timestamp somewhere that says when it was written. But I wrote it. Um, DK helped me come up with some ideas for it um back in the day mm-hmm. and we sat down and we were writing it as a kind of second screenplay that we we're working on together um and i like the idea this is pre-kick-ass this is this is prior to all of those sorts of comic book movies about comic book lovers it was prior to all that stuff and it and it was about a couple of young lads working in a comic book a shop comic book store yeah on a on a small street promenade of shops and it was about yep. that community and how it was affected on a very small scale by like a very small scale villain. Drug sort of, dealer. I yeah, think. but it was sort of like a, a superhero film, but but without any powers. It was like, but they're all inspired by superheroes. Again, this sort of stuff, I hesitate to say, was actually kind of new. 
like when I was writing this, um, yeah. but has now been done to death. This sort of thing. There obviously. is. So I remember. I remember that you wanted to use "Nothing from Nothing" by Sam. <laughs> by Billy Preston. Sam. Is it by, Billy Preston? Yeah. yeah. What a tune! I'd forgotten about that. And you wanted to use that as like going through the comic book. That was That's the opening... opening sort of thing. Yeah, because it was a little bit yeah. like a Richard Linklater film, basically, like Richard Linklater superhero film. What you'd imagine yeah. it to be, like a little bit like. I remember that. Yeah, you worked in the comic book store. One of the characters was a stoner, but also was a genius inventor. Yeah. And that's how they made gadgets of stuff. Manfred. Uh, his, name Manfred. Was, his name was Manfred. Yeah. <laughs> and then you did, it all, you did it all out of the back of the comic book store. Yeah. Uh, I remember that you used, you used an abandoned train yard in it as like, yeah. not an abandoned train yard, sorry, but like a... a um, Sort of like where trains go to sleep, um, a depot, like yeah. a depot, yeah. Where trains go to sleep. <laughs> it's like as a as an area for for the for the thing for like the um, um yeah yeah. There's a character. Oh, so one's called, one character called Harvey. One character called Floyd. So it's Harvey and Floyd are the two two young lads that own this comic book store, and they own it because uh, it was like a shop that was left to them by one of their parents who had died. They left them this shop. Um, but they decided to turn it because they love superheroes and they love comic books. So they turned it into a local comic book store and it was about mm. sort of drugs were coming into their community and they were trying to fight it off because, and they worked with all the people on the street basically to get it away from their little, just a little boulevard little promenade of shops. And I sort of yeah. wanted it to be like a community film. There's some bits I'm really proud of with the idea. And I think even now it's still valid, but then it's there's, called, I think it's called, is it called an arcade? Isn't that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, it's like a little, a little arcade, arcade of shops, yeah. Which is a nice little... And yeah. they're young and they needed the help of the people around them. But they, um, but it was kind of going to be like sort of super, I suppose, I hesitate to say this again, but like super bad meets, you know, a super It meets kick-ass at the time. Yeah. Like, you know, it's... Would have been the way you would have pitched it anyway. Um, so it was called Rogue's Gallery. Uh, but it was also called, I, I was in big into Tom Waits at the time. So it was also called small change. Um, because that's how you like, if you wanted to buy singles in comics, they're like a couple of quid, right? So they'd have got it in like small mm. change. Um, so, and then I was thinking at one point that it, you know, if it was a series, so it could be like rogues gallery, small change, rogues gallery, something else. Right. So I've got, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it has like the two titles. Um, I can let me. I can find some details on it. So that's all you can remember on it, basically, is it? That's that. That's genuinely all I can remember. I couldn't remember the names. I mean, it's been a long time since you probably forced me to read the screenplay of it. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't. That's all I can remember. There's a character called head. Red Ochre. There's a character called Ochre. That's like Red Ochre is like um. I think probably inspired. To be honest, like part Electra, part um uh farah from i think when i think of red ochre i think of farah from uh prince of persia the first prince of persia game so for some okay. reason i imagine that was i think that she was like a single mother um who like you know lived in a sort of council house and then needed needed to make money so went out and knocked her, knocked off like villains and to supplement their inc her income for her infant right is like what i was initially writing um this is all i it's just whatever i can remember uh let me see what sort of notes i've got uh one of them becomes um yeah so the character i can't remember who was who to be honest with you but i called one character sean and one character dk in my notes because it helped me remember you know when i first write it, it helped me remember how different the two characters were like who was yeah. which was which um 
So uh, DK's character was called, hang on, I've got some notes here, uh, the doppelganger. And the doppelganger is like, because we lived in Buckinghamshire at the time. There were a load of chavs everywhere, right? Like, I yeah. know that's a derogatory term now, but there were chavs at the time. You know, they were sort of thug, you know, white hoodie wearing thugs, basically, is what they were on the street corners. Yeah. Um, so he was basically the chav whisperer and he was able to get into the chav communities and find out what was going on. That's why I was called the doppelganger, because they were like, anyone with a hood could be the doppelganger, was what it was. It was like, <laughs> anyone wearing a hood could be him, like, could be the doppelganger. Like, so the hoods were scared of other hoods. So that's what we wanted to put. That's what he was putting the fear into them. Mm. He was like the Batman character. And then I was yeah. reading the question at the time, the comic book. So there's a there's a character in there. Um, I'm trying to uh, trying to find where it, called Long Play <laughs> because it used to be a record store. That's what his parents left him a record store. Ah, uh, okay. So he has like, and so what he's done is he's created. I remember now. Fuck. Um, so he created uh, a suit, a sort of suit of armor. So he was kind of like, a bit like Azrael. He kind of had like a suit of armor and a cape. He looked like a sort of uh, armored Batman, but he created it out of the resin that he melted of his like, of like his of grandfather was in the war and he was like, in the, you know, and he did like, he was in the bands and he, so he pressed records. So he had a load of old records from his, you know, granddad's military days and he pressed them into a suit. So that when he was hit, it would like crack and shatter like sheets of vinyl. So like it would splash out like splinters of vinyl and it would look visually quite interesting. Like thorns, thorns damage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was also look awesome when he was hit because you know, it would, instead of sparks and stuff, it would shatter into, and then he'd have mm. to replace plates of the, of the records on it. And then his long play logo would be sort of be like a record logo. And he was like an old timey. He'd try to look a bit like a sort of Batman crossed with, uh, like a war vet. Yeah. Something like that. Like an old, but like also, I don't know, there was like a vibe of, noir and sort of like yeah. tom waitsy sort of look but yeah so those are those are the main characters and manfred was like my mate ant reminded me of my mate anthony like that's you know manfred was just like a lovely in, like gentle giant kind of guy like a good guy now i've i've i don't know if this is for this idea or another one that you you had at the time but was it that the film was narrated like a tom waits um like performance like a like some of his performances like nighthawks at the diner and stuff like yeah that. i think it was so i've got i've got this thing where like you know you listen to any any writer talk about anything and they recycle their ideas until till the film that they're writing is made and then they yeah so like they you know like i was listening to christopher mcquarrie talk about mission impossible and he's like oh, i recycle this idea from like a different screenplay like and i took this from this different idea and this wasn't working in its original incarnation so yeah initially it was gonna the local club that they went to the was going to have a Tom Waits figure and he was going to do the voiceover in the way, in, in the style of small change, you know, small change got rained on by his own 38 mm. and he like, does like a, the sort of spoken word poetry do almost. Do that in Small Tom change got rained on <laughs> by his own 38. <laughs> and nobody, uh, I can't remember where it goes, <laughs> down the arcade. Well, that's, that's a pretty, to me, that's an accurate, I don't know what it will listen back like. Um, but yeah, so that was essentially it. And then I might be able to find some notes and um, that I've put into sort of capital letters to remind me of stuff and maybe even some dialogue. Um, I'm just trying to read it now. Uh, oh, I've got all the music in there that should be used. Boots of Spanish leather, When Mum Leaves and Girl. Oh, okay, yeah. Music from Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. That was my touchstone for the score because that's got a really, really great score, the Confessions of a Dangerous Mind um yeah billy preston nothing nothing from nothing um let me see okay 
I've got loads of notes, but none of them are interesting. Uh, oh, here are some character names, right? Okay. For for potential superheroes that might come out in like the second one once they're inspired to classic superhero stuff. Uh, there is uh, the oh, a lot of these are already <laughs> superhero villains. Zenith is a superhero name. Could be a guy. That's could quite be cool. Zenith. Uh, Metronome. That could be something. You know, like they you could hear it, hear them coming, and it gets faster mm. and faster. It, yeah, and there's like fights to a beat. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, toxicity because I think I was listening to uh, System of a Down. System at the time. of a Down. Yeah. Uh, the Crying Gunman. That must be from it's from a movie or something, right? Um, the Cordite Club. That's that's potentially like maybe what the nightclub is going to be called or something where they run guns from or something. Okay. Um, I'm proud of these, but I also know that they're stupid at the same time. Uh, the Pretender. The Inca. Uh, the word balloon, word balloon, because I was thinking maybe they like they try and create characters that came out of the idea of comic books. Um, oh my god, there's some stuff in here I'm not even going to read out. Shekels, um, that's someone that obviously maybe uses coins or something from the uh, from the till. So so yeah, so as you can imagine, it was uh, it was pretty awful. But like all awful ideas, a couple of good things in there that you can recycle into yeah. something else. I might end with some dialogue. Um, and I will remind you that uh, this isn't good dialogue. Um, what I might actually do is I'll, re- <laughs> I'll end it with the denouement as well. There's a bit. Uh, so, for example, this was some of the dialogue that you would have um, that you, you would have been able to get. Um, eat it. A cock, that is. <laughs> that's some that's some dialogue. Do you like that? <laughs> Eat it. A cock that is. Um so that's that's some dialogue there. Cause I I guess at the time it was gonna sort of be I still haven't you know, Kickass didn't do this, but it was gonna be like super bad with superheroes. It was gonna we wanted like this sort of this very like Americanized vibe of I think when you're younger and you write films, they're all American because that's what you know, and then you you broaden yeah. your horizons into this good British comedies and stuff. And I'm sure now it'd be more like a sort of Edgar Wright type thing. But back then it was a little bit like Super Bad, you know, or or, or a, or a um, Kevin Smith film, really, you know, to be honest. Yeah. But like a superhero version. Um. But that was that's that's one of the. Uh... Is that the is that the only bit of dialogue? No, you're this di- get? that's the only one that made me laugh. Um. No, I, I some of this stuff's so bad that I don't like. I'm not even going to read it out. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what. Maybe what we'll do is, uh, if you guys check out Slash Jeep or on your social medias on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, maybe we'll post a snippet of some of this so you can read it yourself. Um, so make sure you follow us on on those social media platforms. Uh, if you just Google Slash Jeep, we've managed to beat the SEO. We're the only thing that comes up. Um, so you can find everything that we need to do there. And then, yeah, sure, maybe we'll post some of this stuff up. Yeah, I'll, I can put some of this um, some of this dialogue up. Uh, some of it's uh, <laughs> just that's just the quality that you're going to get, basically. Um, I have a treatment of it as well. So I have or, or I guess it's called a step outline where it's like scene by scene uh, of the entire film. Uh, and it's awful. It's just God awful. Um, well, we've got another one of those that we need to do. So maybe uh as we are approaching the end of this season and we try and figure out what we want to do next maybe we can do some filler filler in between 
in between episodes where we sort of discuss that yeah i think that's a good idea um <laughs> yeah we'll do a step outline special i do have a completed screenplay that that uh of uh zombies man that would be fun at some yes, point we'll do that as a bonus we do, might, in we? fact we'll probably yeah. do that as a bonus between seasons maybe if people still stick around we'll do that as some content between seasons we'll get a little read through together um of the first screenplay that that dk and i wrote before uh we took a crack at rogues gallery um so yeah thanks for that right um it was great to sort of delve back into sort of our history with with dc comics um and with the batman films um and do a little uh little slash dupe on some of the lesser known uh graphic novels um it was really good to chat to you about the batman and uh yeah like you said um hit us up on at slash tube and let us know at home as well if you uh what your experience with batman is what you would like to see you know like dk um dk dan dan de cruz you can see how i might say dk um dan um was expressed and he regrets this now because i wind him up about it but he expressed his sort of that he didn't quite love the dark knight as much as everybody else did which is perfectly acceptable but but with that in mind what would he what would he like to see out of a batman film if that was too sort of dark for him um what what would what would one want to see what would you want to see so let us know so thanks for that ryan it was it was good fun today we missed dan of course but um yeah we always love a chance to ramble about batman so uh yeah it's good fun thanks for joining thank you